Welcome to the third episode of the Cassettes Creation. I'm your host, Chris Deering, and this is the show where I interview bands and public figures from the Mathcore community. If you beautiful people in chat have any questions or comments, I'll try my best to read them aloud. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this in your car and have no idea what I'm talking about, this show is first recorded live on Twitch, and you can join us every Sunday at twitch.tv slash thecassettescreation for the live cast. Shirts are in for the sound that ends creation. They are beautiful. Super soft. <laughs> Pictures at uh, soundlightinscreation.bandcamp.com. With all that out of the way, let me introduce our guest, Needleplay. Oh, and it didn't work. Okay, there we go. Needleplay. Nice to have you guys. How are y'all doing? Oh, I definitely have y'all <laughs> muted. I am so sorry. Okay, so uh, you were explaining the name. I'm sorry. <laughs> No worries, man. Uh, anyway, yeah, so I saw this display um, of people sticking needles in their skin and creating these like super intricate patterns. And it was sort of like, I want to make the music equivalent of this, where it's like very intricate and crazy, and but also like very sentimental and like powerful and sort of like grotesque, but also beautiful. And I had that name like in my back pocket for years. And then when we were starting to make, Keith and I were trying to start like something uh, a bit more uh, aggressive. aggressive and just like more ambitious than the sort of singer songwriter stuff we were doing before. And so I was just like, oh, needle play, that's the name. I didn't even look up if it had been taken in. Like, no one's going to listen to it anyway. But <laughs> we ended up going. There, are, there is another needle play band. They're like, the, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like good. Yeah. Rock. The good needle play. <laughs> I want I want to echo off Tony a little bit and yeah. maybe suck his dick a little. Um in the sense that uh you know Tony really was like you know a founder of this and he really does um most of the work here. The kind of stuff that he writes really is representative of like his vision i would say of like you know these this imagery of like you know people sticking needles in their bodies but yet out of it comes something really beautiful and i think like in the kinds of things he writes and in the way that that he talks about art it's of it's almost an ode to the idea that like although certain things are painful and even torturous out of it can can come something really beautiful and in that context, it can be infinitely more cathartic than if it were just presented as it were. That makes sense. Damn, dude, that's well, deep. That, uh, yeah. I, yeah, no. I, I didn't know you liked this music. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I mean, like, needle play, like, our music is, like, not very easy to listen to. Uh, I was just showing my dad uh, one of our songs yesterday, and we just see him, like, oh, that's great, as he's, like, turning <laughs> down the <laughs> Like looks at like Steely Dan or something. <laughs> and it is like, super painful because like can't you guys do like some Bob Seeger or something? Like yeah. come on. <laughs> Play Freebird. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that's like sort of like the art form. We didn't want to be apologetic and we just sort of go with the most grotesque sound that we can and use chords that like should never be stacked on top of each other. I mean, your music's a lot like that. It's very, very, like very harsh chords, Chris. Oh, I was listening to you. 
earlier today. Like, yeah. And I love that because there's so many cool ideas that can come from that. If you sort of abandon like conventional functional functionality and tonality yeah. and, uh, you also like have to train your ear for it where I've been listening to enough, you know, crazy freeform jazz and like math core that when I hear your, your music, I'm like, Oh, okay. This is awesome. Whereas like what, if I were to listen to it like 10 years ago when I wasn't, my ear wasn't trained, I would have been like, Oh, this is like unlistenable. But <laughs> I'm the same way, man. <laughs> I remember growing up in, in high school when this was all happening. I, I just would not listen to it at all, man. I was strict metal elitist and just had no idea yeah. what, what to make of this. I, 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 stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like a jazz elitist. I was like anyone who screams or uh, uses distortion, yeah. they're like phonies, and then he like Dillinger, man. He showed me Dillinger, Dillinger and like converged, and I was like, oh man, I, dude. I will never forget when I first met Tony. He was like, you know, like blue jeans, oh, sneakers. What? That in public. <laughs> oh, this is that other one. Yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, not not the basement scene. Oh, like after yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was conscious. When I met you, when I was conscious. But oh shit, okay, we're okay. live. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, he like he just looked like this regular dude with like a leather jacket and jeans, and he was talking about his hardcore band. And this was before I joined the band, but uh, I was like, "Wow, man!" And he's got like a good job at like a at Siemens Corporation. Like, I can't wait for this guy to show me his like three grand Mesa half stack and play three chords on it. And then I go to their show, and he's got a Squire Telly with a crate amp, and he's playing the most complicated noodley like jazz core shit and immediately i'm like i want to be in this band now yeah no dude uh to to reciprocate on the dick sucking like <laughs> tyler, tyler just came on as a vocalist and like he was he has the exact type of vocals that like i was we were looking for yeah. i couldn't really articulate it and he sent us this like demo thing and i was like oh this is perfect like this is exactly what we're looking for but we will be, we were in like early practices with him and I was like trying to get something on the guitar and I didn't even know that Tyler owned a guitar. And then he comes up to me, he's like, why don't you play it like this? And then he just starts doing this like crazy noodly shit. I'm like, you're saying that guitar, like why are you our front man? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It, uh, it was the first band I'd ever been in as a front man. I've always done like guitar or bass. It, it was very interesting, like having a crude knowledge in the instrumental side of things for so long, having to come at it from a completely different approach. Like I had never cared about vocals in a band uh, in any sense before. Like I never listened, like I would listen to bands like, don't make fun of me, but August Burns Red and like progressive metal bands of that vein. And I would never, I would like, when they came out with instrumental versions, I'm like, fuck it. I want to do that. I could care less about the vocalist. So then having to be like, I want to be a vocalist and just having to take the, the a completely backwards approach to how I thought about music was, uh, it was, it was interesting to say the yeah, least. Challenge. It helps like if you're going to be a vocalist for a band that has a lot of like changes and stuff and like weird, you know, syncopations and shit. It's super helpful if you yourself have this some sort of instrumental background. 
background because like that was the problem when we started out we had like a lot of vocalists auditioning that had a really good feel in 4-4 but the moment we deviated from it they like had no idea what was going on because you just need you just need to adapt to it it's not like you know quantum mechanics but you you know it takes like a year to really get that yeah you can't just jump into it unlearn 4-4 and start thinking basically in like 1-4 yeah (laughs) really that's and I never think about time signatures in the way that like musicians would. I don't think I'm much of a musician. I just think like, oh, it's one four until three beats later, and then we change tempo. Um, that's the only way you can do it. Really. Yeah. Like, that is like how you write everything. Yeah, like, yeah. It's so much harder if you're like, oh, it's three measures of thirteen eight, and yeah. like, yeah. it's like two. Like, I don't count. Like we have one part that's in seventeen over sixteen, but I'm not gonna count all the way to seventeen. That makes no sense. Like we count it as one two three two one two three one two one two three one two one two three one two one two one two three one two one two three one two one two three. That's how you count it. You don't count seventeen beats. It's like it's like cramming a bunch of like different songs into one song. Yeah. All of the elements of you know different pace, different measures, different. It's weird, like. You always try and assume that music is like formulaic or that it like ties together or like recalls back. And like our music sort of does that, but at the same time, like it like is intentionally trying to like push against whatever your expectations are, which I think. Uh, yeah, like that we were so like our first album was sort of like all over the map in terms of like what we wanted to do it was not very it wasn't really like so much of a concept album as it was just like a uh splatter pattern of like everything just a bunch of songs we put together but death by dying we wanted it to be like really discursive and non-repetitive to sort of like like on purpose to i don't know sort of mimic like the this internet ridden life that we have where you have just so much information bombarded you bombarded at you at once. And then there's like so many nuances with every single um, piece of information that you obtain. And there's so many, there's an infinite amount of angles that you can take and it just becomes so, you know, detrimental to your sanity. You just cannot really, nothing is real. And it's because there's like too much detail, and that's like what we're trying to do with Death by Dying. That's like a big reason why we. It, it seems like absurd. We'll go like part, 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 part. Call the instrumental version Death by Detail. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that was like a more straightforward like. So uh, yeah, why yeah. release an instrumental version? I, I was wondering about that. Uh, that's kind of my. No, it's a totally different. Like they were just really, really mad at me. <laughs> Yeah, we just get this guy out of here. Oh shit! We're stealing your body wash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't uh, I didn't text Heath back for like two days because I was busy and he was like, "Oh fuck this guy." (laughs) (laughs) No, I personally like I used to listen to instrumentals growing up from like a lot of like Deftones and stuff. They would release like instrumentals years later after they released something, and I always thought that was pretty cool. And like you can kind of like. Um, focus more on just like how the instrumentals were built rather than just you know all of it yeah. together. And also we have, we have like a lot of like jazzy friends 
yeah. don't listen to anything if they're screaming. So like we kind of wanted them to like hear this, but uh, listen to it like, all the way through because like I fucking love Tyler's vocals. Yeah, and me too. I'm not gonna listen to the instrumental version because I want like the full thing. But a lot of people they haven't trained their brain to sort of appreciate any sort of aestheticism when screaming. So it just sounds horrible to them and they can't appreciate anything. Whereas, yeah, funny that you mentioned that. I was like talking to Jess, my ex-girlfriend, who uh, she was thanking me for getting her into this kind of music because this is all she listens to now. And she's like, the way you did it, I believe, is because I used to take car rides all the time and I just play instrumental because I'm crazy. I just play like instrumental versions of songs, music that I like, like all different types of bands, all the time, like yeah, math rock, stuff like that. And uh, she was like, yeah, that actually really, interestingly enough, um, really got me to appreciate instrumental, which made me um, appreciate the, all the music. And now listen to all of the vocals and that. No, that's totally true. Like a lot of, that's, I mean, you similarly got me into this because I would just listen to instrumentals and then I would hear like really math rock, math core instrumentals. Yeah. And it was like really interesting. But I was like, I just can't get past the screaming. But eventually it sort of all clicked and I wouldn't have given it a chance had I not been initially um, attracted to the instrumentals themselves. So I think it does help people get into this kind of music. It helps like, because I think a lot of like extreme niche metal is all about like setting up, uh, having like your sort of niche territory and being like no outsiders allowed. Like if you're not a hundred percent consistent with like this subculture requirements then like you can't like listen to this type of music and like i fucking hate that like i love that, that's been a thing amongst like all genres of music oh, like, yeah. once it becomes like a uh, like a tribal thing and there's now like tribal knowledge along with the kind of music that you put out that's like really like you made it you now have like a unique following of people did you come up with tribal knowledge? I fucking like that. That's a good. That's like band name. Is it? You know? Probably. How does that? You just come up with that, Tyler. I like that. It's yeah. Cool, man. Like it's like that esoteric knowledge that gives you a leg up over everyone else, but it's like completely arbitrary. Yeah, it's like I've heard of this band that you haven't heard of, so therefore I'm better than you. You yeah. don't need to know that this band actually sucks. Yeah. But. <laughs> Or that I just made up this band on the spot. Yeah, honestly. But yeah. So I guess it's to make it like more accessible, which I think is not necessarily a bad thing. Oh yeah, it's not hurting anything like, to get that out there, you know? And if it yeah. reaches more people, you know? What do your uh, jazz friends think of it? Uh, they fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm like this is unlistenable garbage. <laughs> that must be so heartbreaking. No, like they like one of my friends. Like, well, he really likes the jazz parts, and then as soon as even like distorted guitar comes on, he's like, "Oh, I get it. It's too." Well, <laughs> but we try. I mean, it's weird. Yeah. Like people do honestly like it, or they're just appeasing me, which is fine too. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, more people listen to it. These pants make my butt look big? No. Yeah. I know you're lying, but uh, I'll take it. Yeah, we had some, like, SoundCloud rap guys, like, remember that? They were, like, shitting on our, they are like, 
you know, getting oh, that was death I, threats. Yeah. I don't know why that was. <laughs> but, yeah. But, we, but Heath is like, please tell everyone that you know about our band and how horrible we are. Yeah, just spread the just word about how listen. Yeah, I want you to, yeah. I don't care if they like it. <laughs> that doesn't sound like every band that, you know. So uh, on your band camp, uh, Heath is credited with mixing and mastering uh, the whole EP. Uh, it's You guys have such an eclectic sound, everything from intense math grind to uh, odd electronic music, beautiful clean passages, dotted with horns, and I believe that's a flute on Cambridge. Um, on top of all that, you got lots of interesting panning. Uh, putting all this together had to be intense. Like as someone that's mixed things before, like I, I mean, the mixing and mastering process took me like a month for my uh, for my newest album that's about to come out. So like I can only imagine how much shit you had to go through for that. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was definitely better than what I pictured full screen to be. I mean, thankfully, I had nothing really to do. I did have a little to do with it, but, um, yeah. We were, we were definitely able to um, expedite the process with Heath. Um, yeah. we, we got, like, a 100-pack uh, of um, whipped cream cartridges with, like, an empty whipped cream thing. Um, the kids call them whippets, but, uh, you know, every time he got tired, we would, he would just have one of those, and... Weirdly enough, like the oxygen depletion from his brain would like give him like a second wind, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seems effective. Now. Seems effective. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, that was, Tony was holding a gun to his head the whole time, so he got it done in twenty-four hours flat. <laughs> usually, I'm always that, that. Usually, that is the case, but I feel like I was like by myself. I would just be by myself in the studio. Blaring, like literally just ruining my eardrums. Yeah, and then it's just so hard. going to. I know, but I go down. I like to shift off from like like really loud to like really quiet, and just try to like hear every nuance and every each. You know, uh, panning was actually the most interesting part of the album because I what I tried to do was instead of traditional panning where you have like you know uh, one guitar left, one guitar right, whatever. I tried mixing it in a way where it would be like you're sitting in a or. Like at like a like a stage, like a stadium, and you're listening to like a, what do you call it? Uh, orchestra. An orchestra, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know words. Words <laughs> suck. <laughs> We're bad. Yeah, um, yeah. So I basically that's like how I painted. I painted as if like uh, you know, flutes and everything that were in it, uh, mostly on the left side, right, and sure. and the keyboard on the right side, and then some of the guitar um, more more on the left, and then the leads and solos would be like a little bit on the right, but not too much on the right, and then drums completely pan like how they naturally would be if you were like watching it from the stage. And then I just kind of, yeah, went from there. Well, it sounds way better, like, production-wise than your last one does. Like, you just blew oh it out, man. God. It's so much clearer. And, oh, my God, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Chris, you, you use piano in Oh uh, yeah, I mean I don't know how to play piano. It's all programmed. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's in there. It's more about that piano sound is actually really difficult to mix a hundred percent man. Oh my god, that's like the biggest problem is trying to mix all this stuff together. And, and every song, like certainly with Cruel Spring, every song had piano on it. Couldn't really hear and it was like it was like, do you, do you make it low so it doesn't interfere, but now you can't hear the piano and what's the point of it? Or do you like put it in the forefront so it becomes piano driven? It's so hard to get something between those. And like, it was the same with those flutes. 
Because, like, that song Salem, which all pretty much distorted, there are flute and clarinets on, like, every measure. Yeah. Most of them, we had to, like, turn them down so they're almost indistinguishable. Yeah. Just because if you put it in the forefront, it would, like, completely change the song. I think I was even thinking about almost like having two versions of the EP, but I mean, I didn't decide to go that way. And also, I it's really an album that you have to listen to on full hi fi speakers. You can't, we should release a vinyl, guys. Yeah, yeah, full speakers and monitors. Just give them away. You get it. You get it. I think, like, for Death by Dying, like. It was it was much easier to integrate parts that like gave respect to like the pianos and the clarinets because like with Cruel Spring we had Jonathan join the band like in the middle of the recording process for Cruel Spring and then like add pianos over all the songs we wrote. Um, whereas like this one we like wrote every song or really Tony wrote every song with like uh, uh potential for a piano and flutes and clarinets coming in in mind so that he could like mm. kind of make space for it almost um that's it was nice to have to sit down and have everything recorded and just ready to kind of jump in and you know, make it yeah. happen <laughs> no and like Ty, they're saying tyler's mentioning that like i i write everything which is yeah. not it's true no it's not true I just set up all the like initial ideas and then I give it to them and then they do all their. He's I could not honest. write this album by myself at all. Well, that was I mean, something I was going to ask, like the writing process. Like, do you guys just bring pieces together, or is somebody mainly driving it all? He's very modest. He'll write like a draft of like a million songs every week, like yeah. full guitar parts, and he's like, "Hey, you guys want to use this? Oh, maybe we could use this five minutes." And yeah. the man is truly yeah. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> well, that. But, no, I mean, like, I'll, I'll have something, and it, like, certainly now, I'm working like with Jonathan and like with Tyler a lot too, like, and trying to get when Tyler and Jonathan joined. Yeah, I had already written like more than Cruel Spring. Like, I, I had like 30 songs that I wanted to use, so it was tough Damn. for them to have their input because I'd been working on it for. Uh, I was like obsessively that album in a way like kind of saved my sanity because it was like at the worst point in my life. And I just focused on like, I'm just going to write a new song like every other night and I'm going to, you know, do all these different guitar techniques and get better. And like, I just worked like four hours a night on this album. This cool spring. Yeah. yeah. And I had just so much music that was impossible to put into one album. And it like, 19 tracks was like us was that was me like settling and it's yeah. not because i'm like uh even a workhorse but it's like i needed something to just occupy my mind or i was gonna go insane at this point uh so anyway like i had given them an overwhelming amount of work just to learn and then it's like it was really tough for them to put their own uh Two cents into that and their own inputs, which but they still did. Like, quick beheading, quick beheading. Jonathan wrote a large portion of that, that like the good portion, and that is <laughs> that's arguably my favorite song that we do. Yeah, Bill Rica. Yeah, yeah. No, John, Jonathan did a lot. Of, Tyler did a ton in Cruel Spring, and, and like. 
Yeah, we're trying to get it more involved in like this next album because I've depleted all my like obsessive song archives. It's like now we can kind of like come together and actually like write as a band because there's like pros and cons for each process. Uh-huh. But I would say like if you, it's good to have someone who just like fuels the or fans the fire and like gives you all this fuel and ammunition and then to have the other people craft it for you yeah have everyone have completely equal in you know quantity of inputs because it's just you will be completely paralyzed by that yeah you won't be able to get anywhere it's like tony's a, a a big juicy hunk of like prime steak right <laughs> stay with me you know, he's tender, he's delicious, and he has so much promise as long as you don't overcook him. If you overcook your steaks, I swear to God, you deserve to go to hell. Anyways, <laughs> and we're like the salt and the heat, right? I'll, I'll be the, I, I am the salt that sprinkles myself on top of Tony yeah. and <laughs> tenderizes him, yeah. right? Yeah. I tenderize Tony, and then Heath and Jonathan and the rest of the band are the heat that that steams Tony up and turns him into a delicious masterpiece. But yeah, this band is uh, one uh, steam amalgamation of Tony's beautiful man meat. Is what I'm trying to get at. Anyways, does anyone want a hit of this? Yes. Oh wait, God, you're virtual. This is real. Life is. So did y'all end up renting out a studio for uh, your EP, or did y'all just do it at, at your house? No, we like kind of have a studio that practice. we have, a, or like practice space. We yeah. set up all we have a lease stuff. Yeah, okay. all the tasty. Yeah, and we like rent it out with another band. Uh, that that was huge, actually. That's the reason why we were able to do this during COVID. Yeah, we would have never. Nothing's open, but we already had this. And we were already living together, so we're, we're not going to expose ourselves to any new pathogens. So we're able to uh, like utilize that space, and we had you know a lot of time off of work, so we're able to like actually focus on that. Thank God we, we weren't solid. playing COD because of, well I was, <laughs> I was playing COD. <laughs> we had to get at least twelve hours of COD in before we would go work on yeah. it. I think I played more Call of Duty than anyone else in that house. You? Oh yeah. I don't know anything. I, I went cool. as soon as you left. I took over. Like music. I, I played way too much. <laughs> Dude, this weed tastes like straight chocolate. It's amazing. I, I, all I do is I play and then I go to the studio and mix that by night, and then I went to work and like you know, other things. I'm not gonna say in public, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> Like stealing people's credit card information. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna tell you. That. I robbed the Super bank. I, yeah. I uh, yeah, I burnt a church or two. That's uh, all, all stuff. <laughs> so, uh, what happened with the release? Because I, I think I remember buying it in April or something, and it was like released, but it wasn't. I couldn't get all the tracks. What, what ended up happening? So, um, because of, I mean, luckily. Yeah, like you said, with COVID, you know, and I just thank God we got that that space beforehand when all the stuff went down. Yeah. Because then we were able to just kind of have a designated spot. Just be like, okay, 
Well, let's go in and just put stuff together. I mean, honestly, if we didn't, the drum, I don't know if the album came out. Uh, probably would have been an album with just MIDI drums. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, if we were forced to do it at once, but... Um, no, a, a lot of, the answer to your question, Chris, a lot of, like, what... We wanted to get Jonathan in on it, because originally he wasn't going to be in on yeah. it. And, but he had his exam, and so he was like, let me just finish, because he was in school while we were doing this. And he was like, I'd love to be on this, but I have my exams until I think it was like May. And we were like, all right, we'll, we'll wait for you. And because originally we had everything sort of set up and we were going to release it. But to be fair, it was like much poorer quality, like not as we had it. We didn't have as much like composition. It was just going to be like a couple tracks, like a couple short tracks. And then we, we ended up waiting for Jonathan and writing songs remixing them and stuff and kids a lot of things yeah <laughs> so uh i don't know i didn't realize it was like i didn't realize we'd even like set a date i think uh that was a bit of a mistake on our part but yeah we definitely like got took a lot from like the learning curve of making people spring and i i think like after all was said and done i think we still did a pretty good job on like the the pacing and like the execution of the release. Yeah. No, Cruel Spring, we did rent a studio after that. And it was like it sucked because not because of the person we were working with, but because like we were just like hemorrhaging money and we kept having all and like I I was like obsessed with getting like all 19 tracks. I was because I just like and uh, you know we had things that like set us back and it ended up costing a lot more than we had originally budgeted. So it was a yeah. real pain in the ass. And just like, we lost files. We lost like a ton it of files one day. Oh, you know, shit, really? Yeah, it was a nightmare. I, uh, I almost, I wanted to cry. It was there's some bad yeah. moments. There's some, oh. there's some scary moments. There was but like, bad. I am happy that that album got out, even if it's not like the same sonic quality that we would have had if we had taken more time. But it was like, it captured like a lot of what we were feeling at that time and sort of like crystallized it. And a lot of what we were feeling at that time was like very negative emotions. So the almost poor quality, like sort of is reference to that. Or like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just retrospectively, not like we felt that. like shit. So we made shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Speaking of shit, I just uh, I just ran into Jay Moss today, actually. Nice. <laughs> Wait, he's back in Boston? On Tinder? On Tinder? Yeah, he, he, yeah, that too. He had literally just gotten back. He's like, yeah, I just came back here today, so it's kind of surreal seeing you. But hey, man, how have you been? I'm like, I was so upset. He's like, yeah, he's like I was just hanging out with Chino Rayo. This asshole was found to be the first day. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, already wish I... Yeah, I was like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, I've been good. Got a new job. Tried that butt stuff you were telling me to do. Um, thank you for the recommendation. I have never come harder. Butt stuff is another huge influence in our, uh, our song. In our, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just diarrhea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, a lot of Cruel Spring was like um, bottled up sexual frustration, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how bottled up Tyler's sexual frustration. <laughs> wow, it's just everywhere. 
Uh, it's it's bottled for me. It's bottled. bottled up. Up it's my idea of bottled up. You just yeah. gotta be sexually free, man. That's true. Yeah. No, if if I want to walk into J Max with my dick out, that's my constitutional right. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't think you should. Um, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's go over your rigs. What are you guys using? Uh, so that uh, that whole album was like just, just a, great transition. <laughs> I used like three yeah. plugins, like literally yeah. on that. Album. I used a distortion pedal. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, we're that's a huge point of conflict or uh, tension in this band. Where like uh, Steve, who's not here, is like a huge. Uh, gear guy, and so is Tyler. Tyler worked at Guitar Center for a while, and it was like, right. guys who's like, oh, I can help you out, and then sells you something that you cannot afford, and you're in like dollars <laughs> of debt, and your wife is divorcing you. But uh, uh, dude, legit, it was it was uh, detrimental to my conscience. And yeah, karma. I definitely have some people who want to stab me. Yeah, on this call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no. Uh, Tyler's like always trying to tell me. He's like, "Look, with a little bit more money, you can get your gear. You know, you can get your natural like tone a lot better." And I'm just sort of uh, very defensive. I just yeah. think that like you've always been that gear oriented. Yeah, the, it really is his like inner jazz elitist, like, and you just you gotta respect it at that point. Like, as much as I could be like, just just buy a better amp it's a good idea like the the idea of like you know like yeah i could buy better gear but i could also spend all that time and money on just being a better guitar player and i'd rather just do that i'm like yeah yeah no but i will say that recently i've come to accept that like gear is huge you just can't ignore it and uh this next album that we're working on we're trying to do it at a like a sort of professional studio, take our time with it, use like the gear that, uh, yeah, exactly. Like nice amps. And I bought a lot of pedals. We did use a whammy pedal in uh, death by dying. So yeah, that was fun. we're slowly, cause originally I was like no pedals at all. Like pedals are a cop out, but it was like very, very extreme. And yeah. I'll use the main. I think he was also uh, traumatized a little bit by like, that guitar player he used to play with that you told me about, like who had a pedal board with like 30 pedals on it and he'd spend the entire practice just fucking with his pedals and run through the songs once. Steve? No. no. <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. He did have some sweets. Yeah, Steve does. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, in my last band, it was like, because it was that kind of shoegazy oh, thing fucking where people have like, you know, oh. Uh, five grand worth of pedals. Yeah, and they're he, like, what are the chords again? He had like literally Nick, two chords. He had like Nick Reinhardt's pedal board, and literally just strum once, and then the rest was just pedal. Yeah, and then, <laughs> which is like one for thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. So I was like turned off by that, and then. I think I just didn't want to use like any kind of gear as like a crutch. So I was like, we should play like in standard uh, and use like sort of just shitty gain from like the nineties and like 
play as fast as we can or like as intricately as we can. And then that way we won't like lean on anything. But having said that, I literally just bought uh, $500 worth of pedals Jesus. Uh, and a <laughs> string. So, <laughs> you, wait, Tony, Tony. Tom, Tom, no, so bought a pedal. What? You bought not a pedal, you bought pedals. Dude, this whole thing is my new pedal rack. This is my pedal shelf. <laughs> I only have one up here now, but I have a bunch coming in the mail. I don't know who you are anymore. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, you got pedals coming? Is, is this real? <laughs> is this real? Fucking weird. I'm scared. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Um, so, uh, what's the main lyrical inspiration? Sorry, I'm sorry. What? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what inspiration? Like for content or like? No, like the, the yeah, like the lyrical content. What? Where do y'all get? Where do y'all get uh, your inspiration from? What did Tyler say? <laughs> uh, daddy issues, sexual frustration. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, we like Cool Spring was all over the place lyric wise, and like Tyler and I. Uh, would sit down and like sort of create stories about people that weren't us but had some sort of their like narrative had some sort of like meaning or some sort of like concept that we were trying to address. I feel like we rarely write from a personal experience. We did mourn death by dying. Uh, and it's a lot of sort of a hybrid of Maybe a little bit is personal, but it's mostly we're trying to create, um, you know, a fictional character to try to convey. We, I don't know, we, we'll have sort of uh, like just more emotive songs that are really just not trying to say anything societal or uh, it's mostly just talking about, you know, dealing with loss or dealing with uh, drug abuse, a lot of drug abuse stuff. Um, and uh, then we'll have songs that are more about like, you know, group identity and like impending fascism and yeah. just the stuff that we talk about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Especially now, it seems like a lot of people are uh, doing more political stuff because of everything that's happening. Understand oh, yeah. Not to. We've been doing it since. I feel like it's a bit of a deviation from like uh typical inspiration because like 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 Tony's saying, like most of the songs are like from the perspective of one hypothetical individual and it's like a very per it's usually like a personal narrative and it's usually intended as like a like a like an insight to like the darkest parts of certain people's minds and like an expression of that rather than like you know you'll hear a band talk about like one political issue and it's like systemic effects of it or like you know a feeling that like most people can identify with but like the needle play it's a lot more specific and a lot more detailed like oh, does that make sense yeah, and we try to bring it back to ourselves at least some because it feels a bit alien to write something that's completely divorced from your own experience. Mm -hmm. 
uh, like we have a song on Death by Dying that's called Salem. And it's about a blacksmith in New Hampshire that I met. I don't really know anything about him, but I made this whole backstory up about how he's like obsessed with his craft and like the trials that he overcame and sort of transferred that hardship into his work. And it's on paper just about him, but like we were trying to use that as like our own a metaphor for like our own relationship with like this band. Our yeah. own so it's like, I don't know, we try to have a bit of it be like representative of what we're going through, but not overtly. Right. That's about how I do it too. Uh, just uh, take a little bit of reality, but uh, you know, stretch it a little bit, make it more interesting. Yeah, exactly. Because our lives are boring. I can't, yeah. I'd have like, <laughs> Dude, legit, if we were, if we wrote songs about our lives, yeah. Uh, like we do the same shit almost every day a lot of people that i meet that i find really interesting it's not so much that they've had interesting lives it's that they can like say a lot of they have a lot of interesting ideas and like concepts about interpreting just the boring benign world that we all live in and so, like, I don't think you necessarily have to have, like, an interesting life to be able to, like, write about something interesting. Right. And that you can, like, have an interesting life and do lots of interesting things with your life. Interesting. Um, and still be an insufferably boring person. Yeah. Right? Like, you yeah. went skydiving. Like, great. You don't have a fucking personality yet. And shut up about it. Like astronauts would like go into space and live in space for like eighteen months. Yeah. And it's like he was cool, eh? He was lovely up there. And you're like, that's all you have to say about it. <laughs> you just went to fucking space. Like, I think it's I think it's America's fault. Really, I blame the system. Like, why are you sending uninteresting people to space? Yeah. Really, they're the best. They're nerve field people. I <laughs> think. Yeah. We should the man, they're not gonna react. Or they're gonna react to that. Yeah. Yeah. Boring <laughs> way of live. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm sure your music isn't just being pulled from thin air. Uh, what are some of y'all's influences? I could definitely tell the number twelve looks like you is probably a big one, but what are some others? Um Yeah, honestly, we listen to like I Jonathan and I you know, we, we love, like, just, like, smash your face against the wall. Just deathcore and hardcore stuff. But, like, for this, listen to, like, a lot of jazz, like, weird, like, classical music from, like, the t- early 20th century. Like, modern classical music that's, like, yeah. like discursive and nasty and, like, weird tonal. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we have... Uh, there's no limit to the amount of bands that we, the cool thing about this project is that we're trying to incorporate a lot of genres. Mm-hmm. So we can be listening to anything and be like, Oh, how do we, how do we like integrate this into our sound? Uh, like there was a song on cruel spring where we were trying to do like a Disney soundtrack. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, it just sounds like something out of Frozen. But like, <laughs> it to be like sort of 
subversive because the next song it comes in just smashes, uh, just your, face, smashes your face. Yeah. Um, I like the newer stuff. Is- there are a couple of parts um, that definitely screams some like system of a down influence, which. Yeah, no, I love, honestly, I'm like pretty basic when it comes to metal. I love like System of a Down and uh, like early Slipknot. And I do like, I like a lot of like, like any band that we tour with or like a lot of bands that are out now, like Portrayal of Guilt. Uh, oh, yeah. These guys, those guys. Uh, but yeah, I still listen to, you know, System of a Down and Deftones. He yeah. loves and, uh, so. He has a white pony tattoo. Flash it. <laughs> People think it's a Mustang from uh, <laughs> Ford, Ford Mustang. <laughs> They're like, yo, nice Ford Mustang tattoo. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Oh. Side note about Deftones. Has anyone ever heard the um, uh, change in the House of Flies? But the uh, vocals oh, the by Britney Spears oh. over it. Okay. I saw, yes, I heard that. It's like an unironical bop. Yeah. Honestly, I'd probably... Uh... No, it was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty That's cool. the best one of those mashups I've ever heard. I thought I could get one person to exhale out of their nose with that joke. Um... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you guys have toured in the past. Um, how many How many tours have you guys done? I just think one. We went just with, uh, North- okay. yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, yeah, Black Matter Device and Noises, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, how, how was that? It was amazing. It was the most fun I've ever had in my adult Such life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that he couldn't go. He was yeah. in school, which sucks. Oh, dude, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. Dude, oh. those guys are on, like, another level of cool. I, like, I felt inferior to them the entire tour. They were just, yeah, they blew me away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got any crazy tour stories? too, but just like as people. No, that's the thing. Like, we're all pretty tame. It was just like the kinds of conversations and like personalities that you would interact with. Like, uh, Michael Tony, he's a guy from, uh, fucking, like, fucking yeah. guy's hilarious. And, uh, great. Yeah. Just, uh, I got to sleep right next to him on the uh, Matt's basement floor, so I feel like uh, we're best friends. Now. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tony went out after he like night with Mike. He uh, he really like had a newfound love for the boy, like real love. He was like, I just want to like go on a date with him to the mall and like frolic through the mall and like point and laugh at all the stupid people that we hate. I'm very jealous about that, but he's like. <laughs> Yeah. What's the weirdest place you guys have ever played? Ooh. Uh, we played at some weird places. Keith's so mom's awesome. party. Yes. 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 We played at a wrestling. Literally, everyone hated our music. It was all like ACDC fans and shit. And then there was this one like four year old girl dancing for the entire set. Yeah, we yeah. Kids. We just had like little, there was little kids. Little, it was like a family event. It was running around. Oh my god, the place. So the only, yeah, it was, so it was crazy. Y'all have footage of that? We did. Yeah, we yeah. saw Instagram. Like literally a four-year-old girl hardcore dancing yeah. in the middle of a fucking uh, 
like Tyler Tyler's Bob. Like, you want to die, you run in her face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Open this pit up. <laughs> yes. It's actually amazing. But, um, I mean, we've just played at so many places where we are not what people came to see, like, remotely. Just, like, movie bands with, like, a girl with, like, a ukulele, and then we come on with our crazy shit. <laughs> Even a lot of metal bands where they, like, all know each other, and it's, like, a very sort of formulaic, like, this is what we play, this is our, you know, subculture, this is the genre that we do, and then we come in, like, we played in front of, uh, was it Traders? Yeah, but we're just not at all with the people. Yeah. Like the people there, just they just wanted to like hurt something. Yes, and they were there like smash their head against other people's heads. That's really like, like, no, actually, 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 yeah, dude, it's my favorite. Like hard, my I like have a lot of friends in the hardcore scene that love bands like like you know. um Bane and uh, Knock Loose and that kind of stuff. And they're like, yeah, dude, I'm so pumped to come to your show. Really, I've never heard you guys before, but I swear I'm going to throw down like <laughs> so hard. And then and then we go on and they're like, yeah, I didn't really know where the like breakdown was. I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do that. I'm like... And then he's rolling like white dress, dress shirts and like piano. Jonathan's playing like a Sonata to get us started. Like, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is this? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, like, there's not a huge math core scene yet, you know. Like, give it a couple of years, uh, yeah. and then we'll be the we'll be the cool kids. <laughs> That's all I care. About. <laughs> yeah. Dude, fuck musical integrity. I just want popularity. I want to make it big. I want to be on Kiss One Hundred and Eight. So y'all yeah. in the middle of uh, recording your next album, Townie, uh, about how far along you guys? 30 tracks. Damn. <laughs> so like right now we're doing, uh, we're, it's just been, one song that's like 10 hours long. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but right now we're like still we haven't even written all the material yet we're still in the drafting typically what we I mean what we've been doing in the past is we write a ton of songs and then we whittle it down to like something more cohesive and so I'm just like shitting out material and so is Jonathan fecal material but yeah and uh, we're like First, we'll just like program drums to just get an idea of like what the sound is going to be like, and then oh. I used to do that. He started taking over, so just lost Tyler. <laughs> oh, there you go. I just got a notification. I thought it might be like um, you know, someone telling me that like a family member died, and I got scared. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but it was just Tony telling me to be You get like 400 notifications a day. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> Who's that? It was, just, it was just Tony telling me he can't hang out tomorrow. Um, <laughs> which to me is like equally heartbreaking. As a family member dying, damn. You're <laughs> <laughs> close with your family, or you're too close with me. <laughs> uh, probably both. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're trying to record at a uh, at um, you know Kevin was it Antriasen Antriasen and Tracy. I always get his name wrong. Uh, but um, we're trying to do the full sort of sonic works with him and use all of his amps and have him mix and master everything. So like mostly because of time and like budgeting, it's just going to take a while for us to just get the money to pay for that. Cause we pay for everything out of pocket. Well, no shit. We don't have like a, <laughs> what are some of the bands he's worked with before? I'm not familiar with them. Uh, no, so he was in Dillinger. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he was their like other guitar player next to Ben. I want to know one Damn. band. He did Foxy Shazam's album, which is like an insanely talented band that I mean you could call them Diet Queen, but they're also just amazing. Um yeah. really flamboyant, really like theatrical and their number twelve's new album, which like was yeah, just okay, that's oh, insane. Shit. Yeah. That one. And uh yeah, he's the best producer especially for mathcore because he was in a mathcore band so he understands like sort of the tones you're looking for the uh he's like the only mathcore professional yeah honestly <laughs> i strongly recommend and it's it, like yeah it just made way too much sense yeah. and so yeah we're trying to move out of like our diy space and do something a bit more professional yeah Okay. It also definitely helped that he lived like right be- right beneath a uh, hole in the wall sub shop that would do like bangers and mash subs and things of that nature. Bangers and mash that subs. Definitely- that sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> like just beans and like weenies and in a bun. No, bangers and mash is like sausages and potatoes. It's an Irish thing. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so are there yeah. any? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the bangers and mash. Yeah, yeah, the bangers and mash are definitely integral. He's recorded that. Yeah. Yeah. We, so are we there any? Uh, to like... oh. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're uh, uh, what is y'all's uh, favorite albums so far of the year? Ooh. Um... I think the the Leech album that was amazing. To dull yeah. the blades of your abuse, yeah. Uh, they're like a super bleak hardcore band. I listen to that album all the time. Uh, uh, I don't know where Tyler went, but I think Ray- <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, no, let me pull up the name of it. But there was an album I think that was very important to where I think I want to go. I've been listening to this boring. I remember it. I just recently listened to it. Um, oh, and uh, Tigran. Yeah, it was a Tigran's new album. Yes, the Car Within by Tigran Masi. He's an Armenian piano player that experiments with meter and does sort of like these big, sort of almost folk jazzy, like dissonant soundscapes. And it's all, you know, it's just piano, singing, and, and really interesting drums. That's probably my favorite album. That no, that album is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Is this all, sure. wait, is this like math for old? No, this no, is this not is like, just like whatever. Jazz. Yeah. yeah. Listen to Home just came out with a new album. Who? Home, they're, they're a band that's kind of like Deftones. Uh, they were a band that uh, just released the first album. It's, 
Yeah. Yeah, there's this band, um, if we're not strictly math court, there's this band uh Holy Fawn that just came out with a three track called um The Black Moon. That's absolutely amazing if you're into like shoegaze and post rock. I actually heard them. And Wilziax hasn't come out with it yet, but they're going to be coming out with an album soon, and that is going to blow my dick off. Yeah. Yeah. There's some guys, uh, they live in New Hampshire, so they're like sort of our neighbors, but they're phenomenal. Like the coolest. They're amazing dudes. Sonically terrifying. It's like uh, you're like drunk in a haunted house, and you're being like chased by a cat or ghosts. Yeah. And you have an erection. Yeah, it's like pedals on the <laughs> yeah. They manipulate the mix with pedals. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. crazy. Their, their guitar player has two separate pedal boards running into a uh, jazz chorus on top of an Ampeg V4. Do not break out Well, the EP was awesome, so looking forward to the full length. Holy crap. Well. I don't know if it's a full length. I think it's an EP, but um, the fuck do I know? <laughs> so, did you guys uh, put out physicals of the EP at all? Is it just the downloads? Uh, no, not yet. We do have. I don't know if we're like partnering with someone, and we're gonna go half seas on the. Uh, and we're trying to do a vinyl press. Oh, nice! Alrighty. Nice. Y'all have like shirts and merch and stuff. Yeah, no, we have shirts. Uh, it's on our uh, Bandcamp. Was it? I didn't even see like a merch tab for you guys on your Bandcamp. Probably not on Bandcamp anymore. But, <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch of shirts like just in my basement collecting dust. So if anyone well, wants, sure, man, put them on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, it should be on Bandcamp. Should be. Dude, COVID screwed because we were doing a lot of shows, and that's yeah. where we would sell our merch. We didn't do a lot of like online sales. And COVID kind of like totally fucked us up in that regard. So that's why we didn't have like the, because honestly we were selling the shirts. Like we kept running out of stock. Really? Actually like, I was getting into the shirt business. It was actually sustainable, much more sustainable than like Spotify plays. But uh, yeah, we would sell just like playing with basement shows. uh, But then, COVID happened, and yeah, we haven't adjusted, clearly. We're uh, starting to talk about, like, bringing back, like, small, socially distant shows over in my area. I live in, like, a um, basement venue-type house, and we're talking about, like, doing live sessions and stuff with, like, people sitting in couches, like, far away, but... Obviously, it won't be the same as like a real show, but we're kind of like, well, this this could be the next best thing, you know? Right. It's at least something, right? Yeah. Do you play shows, Chris? Uh, I haven't yet, but COVID willing, I hope to tour next year. So uh, we'll see what happens. Are you going to find musicians or are you just going to do everything? Uh, I was thinking of just doing everything on my own. Really? Nice. Hey, more power too. So you're just gonna play guitar and like scream and then have like backing tracks. Yeah. So I've been in a, I've had a couple of solo projects, just like 
brutal death metal stuff, you know. And so I, I've done some shows by myself before. Um, this one ha- will have a lot of backing tracks, though, so not sure yeah. how that's going to work out. But. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a band in Baltimore. Uh, it was like, it was a guitar player. Uh, what is it? It's like, uh, it's like Euclid C. Euclid C Finder. Yes. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, oh, yeah, they were amazing. Yes. They just had like a ton of backing tracks and they had a guitar player and then and that was it worked story. really well. They put on a great show. People were really digging them. So, yeah, I see. Yeah. They have stuff like Putrid Pile and stuff that's just you know big in the scene. So, I feel like it could work out. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. What's up? So, uh, is there anything else you, you guys want to add? Anything you want to plug? Uh, Noise says coming out with an album soon. Definitely get on that. Um, again, Wilziax. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're, uh, there's like a ton of people are, especially in like the death of Dillinger, people are like, oh, like there are no bands like this anymore, but there are bands like doing insane shit if you know where to look. Right. Matt has been paramount in that exploration, but I mean, if you want to find any new Awesome bands following Math Index. Yeah, they're the only. I think they're the only reason why we are still a band. Dude, me too, one hundred percent. Yeah, we had absolutely no, no niche, no following, nothing. And then Mathcore like just mentioned us once in one of their podcasts, and it like changed our whole perspective on like just being able to do this. Yeah, helped us out a lot. All right, I owe a lot to Christian as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they can people can find you on like Facebook and Instagram, Twitter. I assume you, you guys are on Spotify. Um, any other yeah. like social media sure. things y'all were trying to plug? Yeah, as far as I know, we are on Facebook, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Surprisingly, found that out. YouTube. Grinder, grinder, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mostly on grinder. Only active, <laughs> yeah. very. We're on, uh, we're on plenty of fish. We're actually sponsored by Bumble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they they said I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we're also sponsored by Wendy's. Wendy's, our ice cream machine works. That's what we say before every set. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, hopefully we'll be playing shows and. The next year or so, but uh, yeah, I mean, for right now we have "Death by Dying," "Cruel Spring," instrumental version of "Death by Dying," and uh, we'll probably be getting the uh, talent some somewhere in like 2021. Yeah, I assume your yeah. Bandcamp is needleplay.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Yes. All right. Instagram needleplay. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was great. The little ha ha at the end. I guess Needle Play's taken on Instagram then? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, you just wanted to add in the haha at the end. I was like, oh no, Needle Play, no, the kink was. Yeah, the kink, like, yeah. you see yeah. regular Needle Play, it's like actual. <laughs> yeah, and check out the actual art of Needle Play. Very interesting. Very erotic, but also too. Like, try it. Like, try it with your partner. Yeah. Nice sophomore. <laughs> or partners. I don't know if you're more. <laughs> Well, uh, as for me, uh, please drop a follow. Sorry, 
Please follow my channel so you know when I go live. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. YouTube folks, if you like the video, please drop a like, subscribe, tickle that notification bell. Uh, check out my music with Sound That Ends Creation. Dropping a new album October 2nd. Memes, Dreams, and Flying Machines through Dark Trail. So uh, thank you, Needleplay, for being here. And I hope you guys had a good time. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thank you so Thanks much, for Chris. And uh, uh, thanks awesome to the title, by the way. Yeah. Uh, of what? Oh, my my album. Dreams, dreams, and fire yeah. machines. Are you name? Can you name the sequel? Um, Vladimir the Inhaler, Asthma Attack, Paddywhack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I will look into that. <laughs> what was it again? Right. Uh, Vladimir the Inhaler and the Asthma Attack, Paddywhack. <laughs> Dude, I will seriously consider that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, thanks everybody for uh, watching this and for listening. Yeah. Yeah.